Welcome to the Fire and Earth Podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Gruber. Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason Mefford. And I am Kathy Groover, and I am so excited to welcome another guest to our show today. We have Kimberly Hobshide, and she's going to talk to us about life, business, everything in between. Um, so Kimberly, thanks for being here. We're so excited to have you. Kathy, thanks so much for having me. What a fun day we're going to have today. We're very excited. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about you, your background, who you are, what you do, and you know, all that good stuff. Sure. Um, so I'm Kimberly. I actually, uh, I'm a six-time entrepreneur. Uh, I could, that people call me a serial entrepreneur, but I don't sell cereal, so people get confused on that. So I decided <laughs> that six-time entrepreneur seems like a better way to introduce myself. Um, but I wasn't always an entrepreneur. I actually did my time in corporate, spent uh, about 17 years in there. 15 of them were good, and the last two, not so much. I was, uh, I had worked my way up, climbed the corporate ladder, and I was climbed right into golden handcuffs, which some of you and your listeners might know what it is. Basically, you have risen to the point where you are making enough money so that it's very difficult to quit, even if you don't like it anymore. <laughs> so, ding, ding, ding. Been there myself. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's not very, it's not a real pleasant place to be because you're at the top of the ladder and sen suddenly you realize you know, I'm carrying somebody else's banner. Like, is this even the ladder I'm supposed to be on, right? Is this all I'm supposed to do? Are they going to put this on my tombstone? Like, she was really great at this one thing, you know? And, uh, and I didn't want that, right? So luckily, um, I had had some businesses on the side. I'd even grown little businesses to the point where I'd sold them, uh, which is very rare in the world, you know, that you grow a business to the point where you can can offload it, right? It's fantastic. Um, and this time I decided I would go as a full-time entrepreneur. So I turned to my family and I'm like, what should I do with this full-time entrepreneur job, right? And they're like, well, you did so well at corporate. You know, you should do that because you know everything there is to know about it. And I thought, great idea. So I went and built an entire company doing uh, what I was doing in corporate. And I had contracts and employees and customers and uh, ongoing orders. And uh, about 18 months later, I looked back and I built a company that had a million dollars in revenue. And I realized I had built my own jail cell because I was doing exactly what I did not want to do. And now I was responsible for other people's livelihoods. Yeah. And at that point, I had what Brene Brown calls a spiritual awakening or a breakdown. One of those two. <laughs> They're the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. one coin, two sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I went up on a mountaintop to try to find the answer, and I didn't find it there. And I came back, and I'm not just an entrepreneur, I'm also a mom. And when I came back, my son said, Mom, I've got a crisis. And I was like, great news, somebody else's crisis to focus on. <laughs> And so I said, what's your crisis? He said, I'm 15 and a half and I'm going into summer and I won't be 16 before summer. So I can't get a summer job. I'm too young for a summer job and I'm too old to go back to summer camp because that's boring and stupid now, right? Mm. So um, I was like, well, you know what? You're never too young or too old to be an entrepreneur. So why don't we build a business around what you think is the most fun stuff to do? and we'll build a little mini business around it. And so that's what we did. 
And the whole summer was a super fun project where we actually put all that stuff into Google, like, what do you like to do? And we put all that stuff in and out pops the suggestion, why don't you be an audiobook narrator? And he looks at me and he's like, can we do that? That sounds fun. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. So we started building this business just based on what we loved to do, what was mm -hmm. fun, right? And I taught him everything about a PL, how to attract clients, manage order flow, um, you know, make sure that you have all kinds of things in your business that, you know, like the website and that, you know, protection legally and stuff. He taught me about Instagram, which I couldn't even spell before I knew that, like before he taught me, um, all kinds of stuff that he helped me with in social media. And we built this little mini business together and it flourished because we were having so much fun every day that we did it was like, this is awesome. Let's do more of this. And so he actually saved me in the fact that I walked away from my other business and started just doing things based on what gave me joy, right? Like let's, let's figure out how to make money, but how to have fun doing it. And so that's been my mantra ever since. Like, I'm not going to do it if it's not fun. Yeah. I love this. I love this. I love this because I say this to people all the time. If they don't know the answer to what do you want, which for some reason is a very hard question for people, it it's what, what do you love to do? What did you do as a kid yeah. that you absolutely love to do, especially around like exercise and physical activity? Ooh, yeah. If you loved riding your bike, go get a spin class. If you loved playing dodgeball, start an adult dodgeball tournament, you know? Um, so I love that you went back to that. Yeah. I, I, read a, I read something years ago that said the games that you played as a kid, the things you pretended to be when you were playing make-believe, that's what you end up doing in a career. And I look back to myself as a child and I was playing Wonder Woman. I had a whole company in my basement called Consolidated Fuzz where I was running a business. <laughs> I made a stock ticker out of a Kleenex box and I put a bunch of paper in it. And I pulled stock tickers all day. I love it. I was, I was a weird kid. And I had a whole veterinary practice. I was wow. taking notes and I had all my stuffed animals and I had charts and I was doing, and now I look at what I'm doing with the, the coaching and the massage and the running the businesses and I think I'm Wonder Woman. So, I mean, it's like all of that has come to what do you want to do? Right. And when, when Jason and I did our values, both of us in some way came up with fun as one of our values. Oh, so yeah. I, I love that people think as an adult, you have to be so serious. This is business. This is not fun. Like, let's make it fun. You know, like, yeah. why can't it be fun? So I love this, love this, love this conversation. Well, you're totally right. Two things. One, well, you're right on everything. I couldn't agree more. Okay. That, was get that, right that was a fantastic period because I'm like, yes, we have the same mind. Um, but a couple of things stuck out. Number one, everybody has trouble. A lot of people have trouble finding out what they want to do because the way that most people answer that question is to say what they're good at. Yeah. or to do what other people think they should do, right? Yeah. And, and I think it's wrapped around the mission, vision, and goals thing. Like, what's your mission? Yeah. Well, I have to have a mission that's important, like saving orphans or something, right? Like, I gotta be, <laughs> like, I gotta be important. I have Haven't to have an important Haven't we saved mission. all of them yet? Haven't we covered yeah, all that? Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's one of those things where you're like, okay, like, I, what should I do? And for me that you like, you need to like back away from the should and turn it into, you know, what do you love doing? Because when you love going into work and it gives you joy and fills you up and makes you like, like bubble over with, let's do this now. Like you become way more attractive to your clients. Like people know if I love what I do and, and you know what people knew when I didn't. They just knew it. Like they could feel it come through the phone. Like, I just didn't want to do that anymore. 
Uh-huh. And, and clients like felt it and that's not good. So it was time to pass that torch to somebody else who wanted to do it and was really excited about it. And me, I'm moving into something else that I think is fun. So that for me, just release that back to the people who really love doing it and you do what you love. So for me, Kathy, just like when you were a child, I was on stage, man, my family did like magic shows and stuff. Like my brother made me disappear and all kinds of stuff. In fact, later my son came to me and he's like, it's like, like seven and he's like did uncle jeff really make you disappear and i said yeah and he goes could he do it anytime he wanted and i said he because he's looking at his older sister right like maybe i could make her disappear (laughs) and i said well i can't tell you how the trick is done but i can tell you you have to want to disappear (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah it's a little bit of that's great you know i was doing magic shows and i stepped on stage in fifth grade so yeah i mean that too yeah see and that so now i'm on stage all the time just virtual stages and i love entertaining people and i love you know lifting them up and making them laugh and and Mm. making them feel loved and connected with other human beings and uh, that's what i do now it's awesome yeah. Well, and I have to say too, kudos to you for when your son came to you, that you actually encouraged him and taught him how to do it, right? Me as an eight or nine year old boy, when I <clears throat> went door to door selling rocks to my neighbors to awesome. try to make money, awesome. my mother was horrified, Aww. so embarrassed. And, and that was actually one of the limiting beliefs that kind of built up in me even though you know again just like just like you guys when you were playing I always played being an entrepreneur or a military general that was the other one right so but um, you know had all these ideas dreamed about all these different businesses to make started reading Forbes when I was 12 just geeky kind of guy right that's awesome and so you know what what I noticed is even though I had a very long career in corporate as well Mm -hmm. I was always trying to do side businesses. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when, I, when I go back and think about it, I mean, geez, we had great ideas, right? But it was just, they were big ideas. <laughs> but that, that, that I've always had that entrepreneurial um, striving in me, which again is no reason why, you know, eight years ago when I left corporate, this is what I'm doing, right? But so many people don't get taught that. And I think it's especially so important now because the corporate environment is so toxic. And in what we're going to see now, we saw it in 2008, 2009. Entrepreneur was a word that most people did not know very much, you know, unless we were geeky like we were. I, I knew it when I was a little kid, but most people didn't know it until 2008, 2009. Why? because so many people lost their corporate jobs, Mm -hmm. they had to start their own businesses. We're gonna go through another cycle like that now where there's gonna be another wave of people creating their own businesses and actually hopefully, prayerfully, doing something that's fun, right? So instead of their jobs sucking the life out of them, as corporate usually does, it actually gives them energy and a fulfilled life. Yeah. 
That's very well said, Jason. And I, I would love to camp onto that. I know that some people are in corporate and they're loving their jobs. As long as you love it and you're having fun, awesome, keep going, you know, that's great. But just make sure that you're not on a ladder that if you climb to the top, you don't really want to be on that ladder, right? Or, but there are some, there are times where, I mean, I, I'm telling you, 15 years in corporate was really good for me. It was the last two where I saw behind the scenes and the politics and the, they were making decisions that I wouldn't agree with. And then I had to go carry that banner to other people. I didn't feel good about it, right? right. So, um, and I stuck around for two more years. So it wasn't that great a decision, but that's just where I was. But for 15 years, it was a really good, fun ride. Um, and there may be some people on that ride. And if they get to the top, just know that, that entrepreneurship is definitely an option. One thing that you said, uh, Jason, that, that sparked my memory is that, yes, my dad actually became an entrepreneur. He was a sales guy and he, he started his own business later in life. So it was sort of a, like family had already done that. So it wasn't too bad. Um, but parents want what's good for you. They want what's safe. They want what's secure. And when they look at you, whether you're a little kid or you're a big kid, you're still their kid, right? And they're going to look at you and be like, does that come with health insurance? (laughs) (laughs) What about a pension? You got a pension? You know, it's like, I'm eight. I don't know what you're saying. And what's so funny about that, Kimberly, I completely agree with that. My, but what's funny, I was an only child. I was daddy's little girl and he was, uh, started out as a stock boy at a paint store when he was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. He worked that through high school. He got sent to Vietnam. When he came back, he was the store manager. He ended up buying the paint store and he owned the paint store till about a year before he passed away. So I knew entrepreneur, I knew running small business. I knew all that stuff. During the summers, I would go on deliveries with him. It was the highlight of my summer. We'd get in this big, white, loud van with no air conditioning and an AM radio, and we'd drive around to cabinet shops and theaters, and I was, they called me little Paul Jr., because no one knew my actual name. So I would go around with him, and they would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And before I could say anything, my father's answer was, she's going to be a Playboy bunny. (laughs) Okay. And as a little kid, I'm like, I don't know what that is. And then, and then I learned what that was. And I'm thinking, Dad, why would you say that to people? Um, now, behind closed doors, he wanted me to be an accountant, which is hilarious because me and math, mm, no, not a good thing. But it's true. He, he encouraged me to do everything I wanted to do, but with that plan B. Uh, All right. Have something to fall back on. Yes, you can absolutely be a theater major. Have something to fall back on. Yes. Yeah. You can absolutely go to school and study theater, but it can't be the two-year American Academy of Dramatic Arts where all you learn is theater. You have to get a degree. So there was that, that nice blend of reach for your dream, have something practical. And yeah. being that I grew up in that family of entrepreneur-ish, you know, he didn't start anything, but he, he ran a small business during mm-hmm. times when things like you know, Home Depot and Sears started carrying paint. The little mom and pop paint store in a really bad neighborhood struggled. Yeah, And I watched his moral compass navigate through that. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. It was beautiful. And where he paid everybody else and he didn't take a paycheck for six months because there was no money. So yeah. it's like, I remember seeing that as an example and yeah. seeing some of the things that happen in corporate and in politics. And it, and it frustrates me because where's the integrity in that? Mm. Um, and I think what, you're, what you found in what you were saying that they, you know, they were making decisions that you wouldn't make are we in line with our values? Are we in alignment with that integrity? Not just fun, but that integrity of it. And, and no. I just babbled on for a while, but there's somewhere in there was a point I was making. No, I totally agree with that. <laughs> and I think that that's part of it, right? And yeah. if, you, if you can't 
the fact that your dad showed you that there are hard times and there yeah. are fun times and there are good times and there are times where you just need to pull up your, you know, your big boy pants and, you know, and do what you need to do in order to make it through because yeah. entrepreneurship is, you know, it's kind of a roller coaster and sometimes times are really, really good. And sometimes they're really nice. Um, but if you're doing, if you're doing what you love and you're helping people that you care about yeah. um, and you're doing the things that, that give you joy, then that usually carries you through the tougher times when, you know, there's the squeeze that you lose a big mm -hmm. contract. Um, I remember the first time I lost a very big contract with my own entrepreneur business, right? Like it was growing, growing, growing. And then they were like, hey, we've decided to limit the number of vendors we use to three and we're going with the big guys. And I was like, ouch, like that was a big chunk of my business, my revenue, you know? And so that's, it, that stuff happens through whether it's a fault of your own, nothing wrong with that. We all make mistakes or no fault of your own where they just make a decision that doesn't even have anything to do with you, right? Yeah. Um, and, and things change. And so you just have to be able to be flexible and on your feet. And the cool thing about being an entrepreneur is, is you can, you can turn on a dime, right? You can turn this battleship on a dime. If you have to be, if you're Coke or Pepsi, you know, making a big move is difficult to do. Right. But if you're, you know, just a little guy, or if you're a big paint store, right. Then it's, it's hard to do, but if you're a little guy, you can change things. You can start carrying, you know, paint brushes or you can carry other stuff. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So now actually what I do, I, it's funny, we actually talked a lot about the audiobook business and I do still have that business. It's called I'm Hearing Stories, but um, which is like a really bad way to name a company. I got to tell you, like when you say, I would, we were like, how clever is that? I'm hearing stories, right? <laughs> That's a super clever name. No, bad. Because now people want to know if there's an apostrophe. They want to know if it's I am hearing stories. And then they say, like, is it I'm hearing voices? <laughs> like it's a freaking mess. So don't ever do that, right? Okay, so my other company is called Entrepreneurs Rocket Fuel. And what that does is it helps the little entrepreneur or the big entrepreneur grow their business to the next level. And it's designed as a community for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to get there, to get seen and heard in a bigger way. I help people get connected with the right people, with the right opportunities and with the right stages in order to be seen and heard in a bigger way. And when I say stages, I'm talking about virtual stages. So podcasts, radio shows, web summits, webinars, um, and, and zoom meetings and all kinds of networking events where you can get in front of a large group of people and share who you are and what you do and share your message in a bigger way. And that's what I do now because I have a, a huge passion for entrepreneurs, large and small, um, young and old, right? <laughs> I love when I like a little, like an 18 year old entrepreneur comes in and they're like, I've got so much energy and I'm excited and I'm gonna take over the world. And I'm like, yes, you are, darn it, this is awesome. Yay. It's super fantastic. And then I also love the people who are like, yeah, I did this thing at corporate. I'm over it. I kind of want to start a fly fishing company and that's what I want to do. And I love it. I absolutely love it. If that's what you are enthusiastic about and energetic about, do it. And guess what? That changes over time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jason, and I think it's fun. interesting too, you know, because moving from, I mean, both you and I moved from corporate into entrepreneurship, right? is the you know the longer that i've been doing this too the more i realize how many limiting beliefs actually get created by spending a career in corporate right mm -hmm. and so 
I, I've, I've watched myself through my own experience and I see this with other, other entrepreneurs that I know that are kind of in the same space that I'm kind of helping and, and working and in partnership with to where, you know, like you said, as entrepreneurs, you can, you can spend on a dime. You can start selling paintbrushes. You can start selling Gatorade or whatever at the checkout too, right? Um, in, in, in corporate, it's so logical. It's so, it's so regimented, so many approvals, so much process driven that, that we almost have to relearn <laughs> a lot, mm-hmm. right? If you're moving from the corporate space back into the entrepreneurial space. Versus like, you know, your 18-year-old that, hey, I've got all this energy. I'm so excited, blah, 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 blah. I mean, they're going to be a millionaire before the 50-year-old, you know, person from corporate is probably because they they don't have all of those yeah. limiting beliefs yeah. that come along with them from a, from years in corporate, right? So, I mean, what yeah. are, what are, what because are, you see this a lot. I mean, what are some of the things that people have to kind of get over, you know, and just start doing to be successful and make the transition to being an entrepreneur? Well, um, one thing I, I, well, let's talk about the, the mindset first of the, the, the young kids uh, versus the people who are coming out of corporate. So um, I love millennials. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm a millennial, blah, blah, blah. I love them. I love them because they're like, they would rather drive an Uber car for, and, and make like barely minimum wage because what they do is they're like, yep, I'm free now. I can start work. And then their girlfriend calls and they're like, hey, babe, can you come for dinner? Yep. And they shut it off. And now they're not working anymore. You mm-hmm. think that would work at corporate? No. That's a totally entrepreneurial mindset. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And they make money when they feel like making money. And they don't when they don't. <laughs> they're like, no, I got priorities. I'm going to the beach. I'm going to catch the waves, right? Yep. It's awesome like that mentality is awesome and and it's really uh what we did not have and not like poor us but what we did not have growing up was a mentality of it's your life that you're living right Mm -hmm. it was what you need to do to have security is get yourself a corporate job so that you have that health insurance right but with the kids kids these days i hate when people say that kids these days when kids these days go into like the idea of making money, they're like, I don't know if I want to work for that company because it doesn't, the values don't align with right. mine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to work with, you know, like my daughter. Um, we've talked a lot about my son. He's an entrepreneur and he's, you know, he's actually leaving today for U of A and he's going to major in entrepreneurship. How freaking cool is that? Like wow. he's awesome. At 18, he's going into entrepreneurship and marketing cool. and he's going to, one day he's going to own the world. It's awesome. Like he's that kid, right? But my daughter is actually, she's, she's the one that's going to save the world. She's in environmental sciences and, you know, like helping people and stuff. So I have one of each, I say. So, um, so my daughter is very environmental. And like when she interviews for a job, she's like, let me do some research. She came to me and she's like, you know, this particular company has a scandal that ran against it for like two years ago that they were doing water testing and two of their employees decided that they would like fake the water test. And I was like, well, that's just the employees. You know, everybody has bad employees. And she's like, yes, but corporate decided to like sweep it under the rug. So I don't want to work there. And I was like, got it. That totally makes sense. Right. And like, who would do that in our era? Like, would you have done that? I don't know. Like, well, we didn't have the internet back then. Right, yeah. No, it's like, are they, are they a Fortune 500 company? I'm working for them, right? <laughs> kind of a deal. Exactly, right? 
so anyway, so there's, there's different attitudes. And so when they come into entrepreneurship, they're like, okay, well, what, you know, like, what's fun? What's my life going to look like? And how can I like incorporate making money into the cool life I want to have where like other people are trying to be like, how can I make sure I have a secure future and retirement? The, you know, millennials are not thinking that they're just like, I'm going to live life. Right. So I, I think that, you know, mindset is really important when you go in, but wherever your mindset is, you just work with that, right? Just stay toward like what you love doing. Um, one quick story is I actually love doing po my podcast. I absolutely love recording it just like this, right? I meet the coolest people. I talk to the cool, I have the best conversations and I love every minute of it. And after it's over, I stop the recording and then I hate everything that comes after all of that <laughs> engineering, all of that uploading, all of that, like editing, all that stuff. Now I have done audiobooks, so I know what all that is, but to me, that's work, right? Like, I don't want to do any of that. Mm -hmm. So really what you need to do is work in your zone of genius and hand that off to somebody else who loves it. The people yep. I hand it off to, they're a company called Let Your Nerd Be Heard. And they're, they're nerds, right? And they love it. They're like, oh, cool. Another file to, you know, like here's, where's mm -hmm. the, like the headshot? Where's the show notes? You know, like, let's make that happen. Mm -hmm. And they love that stuff. Um, but, you know, maybe they're not as comfortable doing their own podcast. Maybe they're not as comfortable interviewing people. But what they love, they're doing. And so I think that that just shows like, no matter what you love doing, do that. And then yeah. find somebody who loves doing the other stuff. Let them do that. Like, yeah. I would never do my own taxes. Oh, my God. Oh, God, no. <laughs> right? Or my oil change or my own appendectomy. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> Actually, the appendectomy, I might try. <laughs> I, could, I could probably pull that off. No, but and to that point, Kimberly, and yeah, it's, it's, and Jason, I love doing this podcast. I edit the episodes because I love editing the episodes. Could we there have you go. that? And I don't, so she yeah. gets to do it. <laughs> so he does more of the marketing, which drives me crazy. But I remember when I, I had just started my massage practice here in Santa Barbara, I was maybe year two, and there's a, a, an organization here in town called Women's Economic Ventures. Yeah. I had gone to some of their mixers, da, 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 promoting women in business. They had classes and these like certification programs and they were offering free business coaching. And I thought, right. sure, I've never had business coaching. What the hell? So I sit down with this woman at, at, at a sushi restaurant of all things. Um, and she says, so I have an idea. And I went, great, let's hear it. She goes, you should bring on five other therapists, open an entire spa. You can do the, you can manage it. And I went, no. No, but that would be the way to scale your business. And that would be the way. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm the massage therapist. Like, I don't, I don't want to manage people. I want to do the work. I said, and I'm really bloody good at it. Yeah. People come to Healing Circle Massage for me. Yeah. They don't want any random person to touch them. They want me to do the work because I have the reputation. I have the education and I have the work that they want. And she was really pushing this idea of bringing in other people. And I said, look, I'm not a tire store. I am not Ian's tire and auto where you don't have to have Ian change your tires. Anybody right. can do that. And she didn't get it. She was stuck on, on her track, on yeah. her mentality of you should be the manager and bring all these other people. And that's the way to make the money. 
I was like, See, that's climbing your own corporate ladder. Now that you, right. now you're in your own jail cell, right? Now you're responsible for other people's paychecks. You're not doing what you love doing. You're not yep. having fun. Yeah, I totally agree. So just keep, and you did a great job just keeping focused on what your, your love was. Yeah. And that brings us to the next point of uh, scaling. So the two, yeah. the one mistake that most people make is that they don't have like the right mindset toward what do I love? And the second thing is when you scale, um, you probably need to start with getting a, some sort of virtual assistant and, and start partnering with people that do the things that you don't love doing, right? The quickest way to do that is to get your QuickBooks off your plate and have somebody else do that, right? Um, and and they, they're going to do it better, faster, less expensively, less time consuming, and it'll be off your plate. Um, I love, as soon as I love telling people to get virtual assistants, they're like, oh, I think I'm almost ready. I can almost afford one. I'm like, for $200 a month, you can get somebody 10 hours a week to come in and, and in the Philippines and, and do all of your stuff for you. They can schedule appointments for you. They can book uh, podcast guests. They can, they can manage your schedule. They can go through your email and delete stuff. They can do all kinds of stuff just to get you started. Like what's overwhelming you? Let's get that off your desk as quickly as possible. And then you could be like, okay, well, I got a, my website's broken and I hate fixing that. Awesome. Let's find somebody who can fix your website for you because you don't want to do it. Let's get you back into your zone of genius. Let's get you back doing actual massage instead of doing all the crap work you don't want to do, right? So as soon as that little ick feeling gets uh, like comes over you, uh, you need to get back on what I call the road to joy. Road is an acronym, R-O-A-D. So if you relish it, do it forever. Keep doing it until you don't relish it anymore. R is for relish. And if you don't relish it, it needs to go into one of the other three buckets, outsource, automate, and delegate, which basically means get it off your desk as quickly as possible. So outsourcing would be, I'm, I'm uh, working with another partner. They do this really well. Like my Facebook ads, I actually never posted Facebook ads, but if I did, I would not do that myself. I don't want to learn how to do it. I, I would screw it up. I would spend a ton of money doing it. So I'm going to outsource that sucker really fast, right? Yep. Automate. If you're the person following up with individual emails after a networking event, and then you have the follow-up series that you're doing, you're going to forget. You're going to leave it behind. Your customers are going to think you forgot about them, which you did, and they're going to not be nurtured into buying your stuff eventually. Yeah. So automate a system, automate an email program that use an automated email program that automatically sends them periodic information, right? And delegate is the last one. And that is find yourself a virtual assistant or your kid and start moving things onto their plate instead of yours, right? Be like, all right, so from now on, you're going to be the one who does X, Y, and Z. You're going to do all my Instagram ads because I don't know how to do them, right? And, the, and just get it off your plate. Uh, because if you don't love doing it, that is what tragic, that's when tragedy strikes in entrepreneurship. You're like, I, I don't love this anymore. I thought I was going to love it. I thought I was going to get time freedom, location freedom, and financial freedom out of this business. And I'm barely making five figures, let alone six. And I'm miserable because I got to go in and do all this crap work that I don't want to do. And maybe, maybe like 20 minutes today, I'll be able to focus on the stuff I love. Yeah. Well, if you put, put that around as early as possible and start only doing the things that you love, if things fall through the cracks and somebody complains, figure out how to have somebody else do that. Yeah. You know, if nobody complains, that. maybe it didn't need to be done in the first place. Right, exactly. Well, and it's funny because I, I was feeling so overwhelmed a couple of years ago mm. and I sat down in my favorite restaurant 
with my favorite glass of wine and a journal. And I wrote every single thing I was responsible for. I was doing massages. I was doing hypnosis. uh, I was advertising. uh, I was doing social media. I was doing, this was before I met Jason. I was doing podcast guests for other people. I was writing my own books. I was writing my own articles. I was contributing to other people's blogs. I was doing all this other stuff. And I sat down, I wrote everything down I had to do. And I ranked it according to what I loved and what I hated. I hate social media. I hate it. I realized I hated writing for other people's blogs. It's like, I'm not getting anything from that. So I realized I could eliminate some of the stuff that I actually didn't have to be doing. I felt somewhat obligated to do it. Um, And then the rest of the stuff I delegated. It was the happiest night of my life because I realized I wasn't pressured to do all the stuff I didn't want to do. Yeah. And what you could do, and this is sort of like, this is the bonus tip. So the bonus tip is what you could do is when you decided, I don't want to do social media for my clients anymore. I don't want to do that, right? Like my clients are coming to me and they're asking me to do this or X, Y, Z, and I just don't want to do it. Find a partner who does that and charges for it and then recommend that partner, right? So for me, it's Facebook ads. I don't do them. I don't want to learn how to do them. It's not part of me. Right. I I actually don't do it in my business at all. I don't advertise on Facebook at all. I never did. Not even in corporate. I just don't know how to do it. And I, I don't even like, I would screw that up, but I do know like the queen of Facebook ads. Her name's Tammy and she's incredible. So when people come to me and they're like, Hey, I want to know how to do Facebook ads, which happens a lot. Hmm. I'm like, awesome. You need to meet Tammy. Now, Tammy is not my, like, we're not partners. She's just runs her own business. And I'm like, let me introduce you. So then I email Tammy, please meet so-and-so. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. They're looking for somebody to do Facebook ads. Tammy uh, is an incredible person who has, her name is Tammy Lane. She does Facebook faucet and I totally endorse her. Uh, and she, Tammy is incredible. She will teach you everything you need to know about Facebook ads. And she has a team that can help you with it if you want a done for you service. She's phenomenal. Good luck to you. I'll let you two take it from here. Right. At that point, if somebody buys Tammy's stuff, then Tammy can offer me a referral fee. Mm-hmm. Now I have an entire business I can offer to my clients and I do zero work. Yeah. And it's, job, it's a job I would hate. Imagine if I was like, okay, my clients want to learn how to do Facebook ads. I guess I need to learn how to do them and then sell that. You know, like, no, (laughs) no, there are people who did that way better. So that's my bonus tip is find a partner who does it better, refer them business and set up a referral, um, a referral plan with them. Well, I I think is, as you were talking about, you know, one of the things that I always see entrepreneurs hesitating to do is to hire somebody or delegate. And it was, you know, there, there's a lot of different options for doing it, right? Like you said, you know, instead of offering your clients, you know, Facebook ad, uh, capabilities, you just refer them, then you get a, you know, a referral back if they end up buying. Right. And, and there's lots of other, other ways to do it. I mean, one that I just did was, um, one of the, one of the products that I, that I sell, I didn't have enough time to actually do it and it's Mm -hmm. a higher ticket item. So I hired somebody Mm -hmm. on commission. So it's like zero, zero fixed cost to me, but you know, I'm paying a big percentage, but that's okay because now, you know, he's a commissioned salesperson. We've got a structure set up that works for him, works for me. Now I have another employee effectively without really having, you know, 
Well, no, no, but in, independent contractor, <laughs> right? But 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 as far as you know, another person helping out, yeah, yeah. independent contractor, and and I think that's going to be more and more too, where there'll be a oh, lot yeah. more independent contractor relationship with everybody. Um, you know, but even as we were talking, even, you know, our kids, right. Kathy, you were talking about your dad taking you to work. Mm-hmm. I started going to work with my dad. He was a, he was a general contractor when I was eight. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's, there's options that are out there too. And I think the quicker that entrepreneurs can start getting help, the less burned out we feel and focus, like you said, on your area of genius, yeah. um, you're going to have a lot more fun and the more fun you have, the more money you make. And that's kind of the whole purpose for entrepreneurship. It's not to create yourself in put yourself in another jail cell that you hate. Yeah. <laughs> I love this conversation and keeping the time we're yeah. running out of, we're out of time. Yeah. <laughs> ah! But I love this conversation. Uh, we have the best guests, Jason. Oh, we do. Yeah, we do. Of anybody in the world, we have the best guests. Um, <laughs> Kimberly, where can, oh, we could have this conversation all day. Um, where can people reach you? Where can they find what you offer? What's the best place? Awesome. So I would love to invite you to the community. It's actually a free community to join. It's called Entrepreneurs Rocket Fuel. It's out on Facebook. Um, If you uh, don't do Facebook, you can go to www.entrepreneursrocketfuel.com and check out um, the rest of what we do. But primarily, it's an interactive community on Facebook. We have a uh, thousands of, engin- of entrepreneurs in there that interact and help each other because that's probably one of the toughest things is when you become a solopreneur, you're solo, right? And you don't have a community around you to support you. Well, this is that for me. And it's an amazing community of really, really cool people who are there to help you get your business to the next level. Um, I can actually help get you on stage. So if you join the community and then reach out to me, I'd be happy to get you on virtual stages so that you can seen and heard in a bigger way. If you're not clear on your message, we can work together on that. And if you have, if you're like, no, I'm a master at stage, mic me up. I can put you on different, different podcasts, radio shows, web summits, webinars, all kinds of virtual stages. Yeah, that's so great. Yay. I'm so excited. You're amazing. So glad we connected. Um, okay. Well, I guess, yes, that everyone go. <laughs> go sign again. up. Join the group, live your, live your passion, make it fun. I think that's, if I got nothing out of this morning, uh, it was, it was about fun. So yay. Thank you, Kimberly, for being here. Um, I'm Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com. And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. So again, go out, sign up for Entrepreneur's Rocket Fuel, either on Facebook or through the website, start getting help, join the community. Cause yeah, like uh, we said, so many of us are solopreneurs. And the more help we can get, the better it's going to be and the more successful we can all be. So with that, go out, have a great rest of your week, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. See you.